Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 40, celebrating our 40th birthday here on the podcast, 40 weeks in a row, coming at you on this Wednesday, May 18th, whoever you may be, wherever you may be listening, Apple Pod, Spotify Pod, Podbean for some truthers out there. We're coming at you. Episode number 40, boys. We have a great packed show. How are we feeling? You know, Peter, I'm really excited. We have a really good episode for you guys. We have a special guest coming on later who uh, I won't give it away just yet, but really excited to have our special guest on and just excited to be here with the boys. Yeah, absolutely. Special guest. I would love him. You know, this guy, not like you said, I'm not going to drop his name yet. We're going to let it, you know, let the excitement build. But longtime listener, if you're a longtime listener, longtime supporter, shoot us a message. You're going to get on this podcast. If you want to talk fantasy football, we keep it nice and chill, nice and relaxed. So I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, other than that, it, it's just been a great day. Now we're talking football, so it's even better. All right. In honor of the past week's turmoil in the stock market, uh, there's a famous quote Warren Buffett says, you know, when people are scared, be greedy. And when people are greedy, be scared or, you know, some kind of different kind of lingo of that. I'm going to say to you guys, what's your favorite buy low, not just in Dynasty, but buy low all time and in, in all of time? Great question. I'm so excited you asked that. Baseball cards. Did you guys collect baseball cards as little kids? Yeah, my grandfather has a big collection. Okay. Well, I recently just uh, decided that I'm going to get back into it. I went through my old shoe boxes of baseball cards, had a great nostalgic time looking through those, and I decided... I'm going to get back into it. And then I went to three Walmarts and two Targets, no baseball cards. They're only online. It's, you know, I remember back in the day, you go to any Target or any store, basically there were cards. And uh, so I recently just got into that. And I think it's a great time to buy low. Everyone's into NFTs and all this digital stuff. Give me the physical thing that I can hold in my hand. So uh, baseball cards for me. Yeah, I like that, Jace. The only thing is like, I used to, I kind of got into cards there for a little bit, but you just go to the store and you try to buy these cards and you have like just these people that are waiting at the shelves to just pick them off. Like it's a little kid hobby. I would like to say like, not that you're a little kid, Jace. I mean, Peter, Peter's a little, a little kid. kid, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not a little kid, <laughs> but it's just like, these guys are literally waiting there. Like they track the trucks and they're like, Oh, I can't wait to get my hands on these and resell them. Like, <laughs> Let other people have fun. You know, it made our childhood for sure. And these guys are kind of ruining it, in my opinion. But my favorite buy low, I actually had to go to Google for this one. I said, uh, most affordable NFL team to buy right now. And the number one answer was the Buffalo Bills. And I think they're probably the best team in the NFL. So <laughs> I'm going to buy the Buffalo Bills at $2.1 billion. Um, great buy low. They they're still only have an billion. operating income. 2.2. But they have an operating income below zero, evaluating at minus one seventeen million. Dude, that's why the revenue sharing is beautiful. Oh, yeah, that that power uh, to the people. <laughs> but hey, Buffalo Bills, I'm buying them on the low. All right, mine. 
and then we'll get Nick C's before we pop into the episode. Mine is the 1973 purchase of the New York Yankees for a total of $8.8 million. George Steinbrenner said this is going to be the greatest like robbery in all of history. $8.8 million in today's currency comes out to $57.3 million from 1973. So he basically purchased the Yankees for $57 million in today's money, and they are currently worth upwards of $5.5 billion in probably a top three most recognizable brand in all of sports that includes European soccer. So I think that has to be the greatest buy low of all time, especially when it comes to the Yankees kind of suffering in the seventies. That's a great one. That's a great one. I was literally just talking to my girlfriend's stepdad about that the other day about what a steal that was and how they're up there at the Dallas Cowboys is just one of the richest organizations in the world. Um, and especially in sports. I'm going to completely flip the script on this. I'm going to go a straight up food answer. So I'm going to go Ooh. with a uh, little McDonald's action. And I think the, uh, <laughs> the dollar menu, the McDouble, bro, a dollar 39. Give me that all day long. Dude, are so you, that's are you my a, favorite Bilo. Are you a ketchup pickles onions guy or like, what, what do you get? Oh, yeah. You, you yep. go for the whole, just leave load. it as is. Yep. Peter, oh, tell the people what you like on your burger. Nothing. Give me cheese and meat. Yep. Peter's the picky one. Oh, man. Give me cheese and meat. Maybe if it's a nice place. If it's a nice place, you can talk me into lettuce and onions. Oh, my gosh. If it's washed nice. I can't get with the I can't get with the fast food lettuce, man. It freaks me out. Ever since the Burger King foot lettuce video. Let me ask you this. Like, you don't go out of the house because you just obviously aren't experienced like the condiments on a burger, but you're still trash at fantasy. I don't get how the two correlate, Peter. Like you should have all this time to put into fantasy, but yet you don't leave the house. I'm just, where do, where's your time? What going? do you mean I don't leave the house? Where does that come from? How does that come from not eating like condiments on my burgers? You got to get out more, man. You got to try some new things in life. Listen, you attempted to roast me. And once again, it failed. The people know it failed. And you can just take the L and walk off silently. Right, and you can I'll, especially I'll do that because I own the mic and we're going to get in the program now. So... <laughs> So really quick, before we get into it, we really did want to thank everybody for listening. We have a great show. We have reports from around the realm coming up right now, followed by our special guest, Mr. Steven Ransbottom from FF Faceoff, uh, one of the bloggers and analysts over there at FF Faceoff. I know a lot of our listeners find their way over there, uh, reading some of his articles probably too. It's, it's really great to have Steve on. He's been a longtime supporter of the podcast. So during his segment, we're going to be doing a rookie mock draft, uh, two rounds, single quarterback, half point, PPR. I, I think that's going to be a, a really great segment uh, moving forward for everybody. Before we get into the episode, I did want to thank our sponsor, uh, another sponsor coming on for another week, SeatGeek. Shout out to SeatGeek. I have a lot of NFL tickets to be purchasing this year. I'll be going to a decent amount of Jets games. I'm going to be at the Browns Jets game in Ohio, boys. I That I promise. I promise that if any Ohio boys want to make it to the Browns Jets game, SeatGeek is the absolute greatest place to score a ticket. They have a great way of deciding if the ticket is fairly priced. It's a zero to 10 score. The higher it is to 10, the better it is. The lower it is to zero, the less you want to see it. And then that means that also corresponds with green and red. Green meaning good deal, red meaning pretty bad deal. All of our listeners are going to get $20 off their first ticket purchase with our code DynastyPod, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-P-O-D. Uh, when you go to SeatGeek, download the app to purchase your tickets. NFL season is fastly approaching. Summer baseball games, 
buy a beer, buy whatever, buy the $20 beer at the master, uh, not at the masters at the U S open that just came out $18 beer. That is a tragic. That's just tragedy. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I, the oh words God. just, I'm having word vomit, just thinking about it, but mm-hmm. definitely go score some merch, do whatever you want with that 20, that free $20 that, uh, that you're going to be saving on those tickets. Again, the NFL season is fastly approaching, so why not sign up with SeatGeek? Great place to find some seats this upcoming season, especially with baseball as well. Uh, with that being said, let's move into reports. All right, we got some crazy news. I'll just be very brief. I feel like even though it is crazy, it's not that important this first one does seem a little bit more important but definitely more time to come and definitely speaking about our theme earlier in the pod about a dip in value i think this one i think this one might be the lowest dip that we've seen on a certain player in a very long time mr jerry judy was arrested this past thursday on second degree criminal tampering charges with a domestic violence enhancer it's almost like i i've never heard of an enhancer charge i feel like uh like that's like a protein drink that they try to sell you at the gym oh it's got a xyz enhancer in it that's good peter i mean when you look at jerry judy we we talked about him a little bit right as the offseason got started he didn't catch a touchdown last year his value was already dirt low it took a little bit of an uptick when russell wilson went there and now it's kind of back to that dirt low volume so if people are selling him i'm buying i don't think this is anything serious i think he already got released on bail i think it's not good we don't we don't condone this behavior i think that'd be the word yes condone great job max we're learning listen professor max out here every week he's getting smarter that's right yeah, yeah. I don't, we don't condone this behavior in the podcast but jerry judy he's a talented receiver and with russell wilson i can see him being like tyler lockett jerry judy i agree max he's a great buy low i was listening to some uh some higher up analysts you know the cbs guys the footballers you know the guys we all know and it doesn't sound like there's going to be a massive suspension for this uh, by any means. And I'm reading an article on it right now. He's been accused uh, by his girlfriend of locking items, including a wallet, car seat, and baby formula in his car because she took one of his cell phones and would not give it back. So that's what this was all about. It's not like he was swinging on anybody. It was uh, crazy violence. So they're not going to you know, make an example out of him over this. Um, so I, I know, I think this is a great buy low and, over the course of the offseason so far, I've been seeing Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy go for the back end. Uh, of they first, go for back end first? First round picks. Yeah, back end first. I was talking, uh, listening to someone not too long ago talking about getting Cortland Sutton for like 110 or 111. I forget which one, but it, that's like, that's an easy steal for me. One of easy, the, uh, easy. One of the, Even in Superflex. Absolutely. And just, you know. Russell Wilson, let's not forget he's going over there. He had one down season last year because of that thumb, uh, that thumb injury. And, you know, I think he's going to bounce right back. He's been a top seven quarterback pretty much his whole career. And Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are going to be his two weapons. They profile just like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, maybe a little bit different, but a big guy and then a, a crafty slot guy. So I'm buying either one of these guys with pretty much, I mean, in a rookie draft, 105 for Jerry Judy. I don't know. That might be too rich for somebody, but I'd probably be willing to do that. Uh, a little to too rich for me. A little too rich for me. It's too rich for me too. Man. Fair enough. Hey, look, and that's why fantasy, we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, man. 
that's why fantasy is so great because there's so many people with such a diverse viewpoint. So if I have 105 and I absolutely want to get rid of the pick and Jace has Jerry Judy and he's willing to give it up, that's great. And, and everybody's happy on that kind of end. But, you know, deals, they can vary. As we've seen, Max has had his fair share of getting the, uh, the nice side of the deal. I've had my fair share, and we've both had our fair shares of getting the bad side of the deal. So that's how it works. So might as well throw it out there. Who knows who could accept anything? No doubt. Real quick, while we're showing Jerry Judy, Jason, you would pay up to the 105 for him. Peter, what would you pay? Uh, 107. Like, uh, I know Steve is a big uh, Saints fan, and this is nothing against Chris Olave, but I'd rather have Russell Wilson throwing my receiver the ball than are being a rookie in an offense trying to have Jameis throwing me the ball. What and about it, Jameis and Williams? Jerry Judy or Jameis and Williams? That's a little tougher. I love Jameis' skill set. I feel like they have kind of similar skill sets coming out of college, the two of them. Um, I would agree. I think Jared probably played more on that inside role, whereas Jamison kind of profiles as like that true outside guy. But that's yeah. kind of like the range I'd be thinking that Jamison Williams range. Yeah, that's yeah. that's honestly like a, a dead serious toss up just because Judy has the absolute opportunity. Like he's he's linked to a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He's still on his first contract, so he's still super young. And he's at like a premium price right now. When you when you really think about yeah. it, he he's at a premium price, and not not a premium as in like expensive, but he's at a premium to the buyer price. But then on the other side, you have ultimate potential with Jamison Williams. But will they ever get a sustainable quarterback there in Detroit? Will they ever flip it around? You know, history says no. I'm a Jets fan, believe me. History says no. The Jets offense will never be relevant. So. I completely get it. Uh, it. It's really a coin toss for me, and it's going to be how I wake up in the morning. You know, that's going to decide it. Yeah, for sure. I think it's tough. I, I would bang. I would take JMO. I think that's probably like the breaking point right there. I would take JMO over him, um, over Jerry Judy. That is. I bank on Detroit getting a quarterback, especially next year. I don't see Detroit being good this year. I love the Lions, but I think they get Stroud or Bryce Young or. <sighs> Just I'm already starting my Bryce Young hate. Oh no. Can I start my Bryce Young hatred campaign? Oh no. Peter, the season hasn't even started. That's like 5'11 on a good day. Hey, and he's like real thin. I would pay like if I had a like if I had every pick in the first round, I would probably pay 108 would be my break. Okay. Mm, Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, moving on. Brian Edwards, my perma hold in uh, Dynasty, has <laughs> has been moved. He's he was my ta- he's one of my taxi squad guys. What do you want me to do? Just throw him to the wolves on the waivers when he gets a, a great move like this to Atlanta. Uh, so he yeah. gets traded to Atlanta for a twenty twenty three seventh round pick uh, in return for a fifth round pick. Yeah, like I don't know. Uh, sure, that, that's that's me. That's yeah. me right now. Sure. Peter, I can put it. I mean, I I can say J. I can say A. I could say A too, and then I'll say I'll say G. Just just a guy. He really is just a guy. But you know what? So is so was many great men throughout history. And you know what? It took for them to be great to become great an opportunity. They had to see an opportunity. No, I can't do it. 
I you can't do it. <laughs> Tell me on Brian Edwards. His I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it from a third. I was gonna do it just to try to sell him in the Mike Vrabel league, but I can't do that to our listeners. I can't try to inflate his value. I think at this point he's worth a back end second, like at the max on Atlanta, just because of the vacated targets. Who knows who's gonna be there? I think a back end like 209, 210, 211. I think he's worth that, worth a flyer. But again, a lot of people won't think that as well. But I think that's honestly what he's worth as a depth piece. I think I'd rather, I'd rather have two. I would either have every pick in the second round. I'd rather have mostly every pick in the third round. I'd maybe pay three twelve for him. Maybe. Oh, that's clownery. <laughs> that's you know that's clownery. Peter, the guy has had opportunities in Vegas. He goes to Atlanta with Marcus Mariota throwing on the ball. He's competing with Kyle Pitts. Desmond Ritter. Okay, I don't care. He's competing with Drake <laughs> London. He's already coming in there as the number of Bearcats. That's right. On a bad offense, I wouldn't pay more than a 2026 third rounder, actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you can just hear you can hear the anger and the despair in Max's <laughs> voice from me right here. Don't listen. Don't feed into that anger. Embrace Brian Edwards. I, I do think he'll end up on the waiver wire here pretty soon, once, especially once yeah, the probably. gets done. But I do think for now the trade just because of the vacated target vacated targets, just like you said, went from a completely crowded place to, you know, it's wide open right now. The, you know, it's a bunch of big boys competing for targets. Maybe someone separates. I don't know. Drake London could fall flat hey, on bro. his face, even though Lon- London gets happen. doubled. London gets doubled. Pitts gets doubled. Pro Bowl season. That that's <laughs> yeah. what I hear. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think I'm done even. I'm done even. Yeah. I think the trade is kind of giving him enough value where if you have an open taxi spot and there's nobody with any upside anywhere uh, on the waivers and you can just pop them on the taxi for now. But other than that, I just, he's relatively worthless. It's going to be a while until Atlanta finds a quarterback, I think. All right. Moving on, New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints signed Jarvis Landry, one year, three million, possibly six with incentives. I actually kind of like the move. I'm, I'm going to be, a little bit of a football boomer here. Jarvis Landry's always been a consistent receiver. He is definitely a guy, if I'm a competitor, I'd want a depth piece, you know, pay a third round pick for him. If I'm trying to compete this year, I'd pay a third round pick for him. I'd maybe even pay a back end second just so that I could guarantee a solid, stable, older wide receiver in case of any injuries. Here, how are you going to pay a third rounder for Jarvis Landry, but a second rounder for Brian Edwards? Because because Jarvis Landry is literally he's already mummified. They already started wrapping him in the sarcophagus. That's how old he is. Yeah, and Brian Edwards is a young buck, man, twenty four. Dude, clown. No, Peter. Jace, Jace, I'll take your opinion here. Uh, yeah, Jarvis, I I'm not trying to pay any premium on him. I don't know how. I don't know. It's pretty crowded there. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. I know it's Jameis, but I don't know if the New Orleans Jameis is the one that we remember from Tampa. I don't think he's just going to be airing it out with reckless abandon. I think they're going to try to run the ball, win it with defense. So I don't know. I With Jarvis, I pay a back-end second for him as a depth piece. Like you said, like in emergency, you have to throw him in the lineup. He's really solid. I think this is one of those moves that's just better for the professional football team than it is for any of our fantasy lineups. 100%. And I He's, also love the narrative. What's the narrative? LSU boy goes home. That's right, Peter. And him and Tyron Matthew, can we get a three-peat? Odell goes there too? Ooh. 
Now talk about crowded, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> that would be poopy poop for, for fantasy. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on next topic. NFL officials are meeting with Deshaun Watson in Texas regarding possible suspensions. Uh, nothing new here. Everybody saw this coming from miles away. I don't really think it's something that we have to touch on. You know, I think at most he gets suspended half the year, eight games or nine games at the most. The least, I'd probably say two. I think that's his floor. I think he does serve a, at least a little time for it. I think he's definitely serving time. But with as crazy as this offseason's been, and we just saw Trevor Bauer catch a two-year suspension. I feel like they're going to, like, try to set a big example here in 2022. I bet he gets the whole year. That That's going to be my prediction. It's you really do? Me. I think it's going to shock the world, man. It's been a crazy offseason. Literally nothing would surprise me. Pessimistic Browns fan. That's the pessimistic Browns fan. uh, Hey, it's just another year for David Bell to develop, work out, and then – Oh, here comes the David Bell take. So I'm sure we'll be talking about him in a little bit in our uh, two-round mock. Yes, you know. I think uh, for Deshaun, I think I've heard rumblings of a four-game suspension. I think that's fair. No one knows the validity. I don't think it's the whole year. I really don't. Um, but I think I agree with Peter on this one. I don't say it often, but I agree with Peter here. Um, and just for our listeners, when I said that's fair, I'm not saying I know the legal system or X, Y, Z. I'm just saying that's a suspension that I could see relative to the case. I'm, again, no legal expert here. So don't no. don't bet in Vegas if I uh, based on my word with that, please. <laughs> All right. Moving on, we have two talking points, literally 10 seconds or less. Philip Lindsay to the Colts, yay or nay? Nay. No, thank you. Is he the backup? Nope. I think if JT got hurt, he'd probably get some rushing downs, but I think Nam Nam would really step up and just start catching a ton of passes out of the backfield. All right, last last talking point. If you're a JT owner, is he a must for your cuff? I think if you got room and he's sitting out there, for sure. If I have like a back end third, I'll – I'll just use the back end third to go get him and get that little bit of a security blanket if that's what he's going for. Yeah, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say must own, but if he's out there and you got a spot, go get him. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, given that kind of offensive system too, maybe he could flourish if JT goes down. Definitely going to be a waiver wire pickup for some people uh, during the season who have been sleeping on it a little bit if JT does go down for a game or two. And then a little bit of sad news here on the end. I feel like we always end with the sad news week after week. Tariq Cohen. Uh, he's a free agent, came off a nasty knee injury in uh, the 2020 season, missed all of 2021 rehab and tore his ACL. And while he was working out today on Instagram Live, he ruptured his Achilles. I think that's it. And, you know, it's sad to say he was a fun impact player when he was out there for the Bears. But again, we're not medical doctors. I don't have my doctor hat on. I don't have my lawyer suit on, but uh, I don't think uh, he's going to come back from this one. Yeah. One thing to jump in real quick. I saw an incredible, uh, it was a letter he wrote to himself, Tariq Cohen, uh, I'm talking about. I quote tweeted the tweet not too long ago, but I will go ahead and re-quote tweet it for anyone listening. Go check it out on my Twitter. I'm not plugging myself out. I want everyone to go read this. It's at DMP on Twitter. I'm going to re-quote tweet it. He has had just, I mean, this dude's life has been one of the saddest things I've ever read about and just this hitting on top of all this stuff. I feel just so bad for the man. We've seen Achilles guys um, come back over the last season with Cam Akers and Deontay Foreman. 
I just pray to God that he's one of those guys that can make it out and uh, find another paycheck and find another job because he is, you got to read the letter to himself. He has lived a very hard life. So prayers up to him, prayers up to his family for sure. Hey man, all he needs is a CJ Anderson type finish on the Rams. Look, come back, be an impact player in a postseason, make a couple, save that NFL legacy, man. Absolutely. Banners fly forever. Let's get Tariq Cohen a, a chip in some form, whether that's coaching or playing moving forward. Absolutely. He had to suffer the Bears. That's that's a feat one step above being a Jet. <laughs> that's true, Peter. No doubt. All right. That's going to wrap up our reports from around the realm section. Again, thanks for everybody for listening. I know you enjoy the segment. We'll keep it moving every single week moving forward. And without further ado, uh, we're going to get into our two-round rookie mock draft. It's going to be half-point PPR, uh, one quarterback, 12 teams. All right, everybody, uh, with a hearty, hearty, warm, warm welcome. Uh, we welcome on a special guest, Stephen Ransbottom from FF Faceoff, fantasy football blogger and fantasy football analyst, especially when it comes to Dynasty. What's up, Steve? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're really excited, man. Uh, great, great, great stuff over on FF Faceoff. Great articles. He gets a lot of interaction over there as well. It's a great site. A lot of, lot of great people over there as well. I'm actually in conversations with the, uh, the owner to get my own Sunday column, so stay tuned for that. But Steve, what's some recent stuff that you've done over there? Uh, I've done the um, breakout uh, bust and sleepers article. Hey. I just recently did that. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, we're going to get into the mock draft here. So it's going to work team one, team two, team three, team four. So first, Steve's going to go. Second is Jace. Max hits up three. I hit up four. And as we always do here, it's a snake draft. So then I'll draft fifth. Max will draft sixth. And we'll get lost in the snake somewhere along the way and laugh the whole time. Mm-hmm. So you guys get the picture. We're going to do 24 picks here. We're going to keep it brief in the second round, a little bit more in-depth in these first-round picks. All right, we ready, boys? Always ready, Peter. All right, Steve, let's hit it with 101. All right, Brees Hall. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much a no-brainer, I would say. I mean, he's got the size, pretty much total package. Um, the landing spot, some might not really like too much with Michael Carter being there, but uh, I think he's going to get the bulk of the load. And, I mean, you see, like, in Cleveland, it can work out. So, I think uh, I think he's going to put up some big numbers. Yeah, man. Sub four, th- uh, sub four, four forty number as well, which is very big for a running back of his size and his production value uh, at Iowa State. Go Cyclones. Uh, the only thing is going to be what happens with Michael Carter. I think that's that's a huge, huge, huge talking point. Uh, Mike LaFleur or Matt LaFleur. I always get them confused. The offensive coordinator for the Jets It's from the Shanahan styled system. We know how crazy the Shanahan-styled running backs are, who starts, who doesn't. That's his literally worst-case scenario if it, is if it becomes a Shanahan-styled system. But the draft capital is 100% there, and they're going to use him like a workhorse, being the Jet fan in the room. How's, how's the line, Peter? Can you touch on the line a little bit? The offensive line, man, I will touch – well, pause. There we go. Pause. pause. And Peter's going to touch on the line. Pause. I will speak – on the offensive line now uh, left tackle most likely is going to be Mekhi Becton over the last couple of weeks. I know there was some drama that I kind of cataloged 
it looks like he's going to report. looks like he's going to have a good time. He's been working out with Duke Mayweather down there in uh, Texas, uh, one of the best offensive line, like strength and conditioning coaches uh, in the game. Very active on Twitter, and he's great Twitter follow, Duke Mayweather. He's been working with him. Makai Becton's been tweeting about how much he loves the Jets, how much he wants to come out and perform. You know, words only mean so much. We'll see when he finally comes out uh, during camp. Left guard uh, this season is going to be – Either Elijah Vera Tucker, who was first team all rookie last year and just literally wiped the floor with people, or Lakin Tomlinson, who was the Pro Bowl left guard. Uh, so they're going to be interchangeable left guard, right guard. I can't remember off the top of my head who's moving to right guard, but one of them will be. At center should be Connor McGovern. He was pretty good. I feel like if Linderbaum slid a little bit more, the Jets would have gr- grabbed him. He'll be a serviceable center, you know, around 15 to 20 top center. Right guard I already touched on, and then the right tackle is going to be George Fant, who put up like borderline Pro Bowl numbers, all pro numbers last year. He was the third-ranked left tackle uh, with pro football focus. Uh, had a stellar, stellar, stellar year uh, in the absence of Mekhi Becton getting hurt in week one. So the Jets' offensive line is completely revamped, and they grabbed some tackle from – I cannot remember where. I think it was actually Louisiana State. Uh, Raging Cajuns, I think that's what they're called. Or it could be a different school, but he has seemed pretty good on the coaching stats are really high on him too. The offensive line is definitely revamped and ready to run the ball this year. They're going to run the ball pretty well. So what I'm hearing, Peter, is Brees Hall 101 in startup drafts too? <laughs> Not saying that. I still lean Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, uh, probably more Chase's side, but I can see him being a back end first in startup drafts. I, I think that's crazy. I think that I wouldn't take him there, and that's including my Jets fandom, but I know there's a lot of fantasy football analysts out there that love, love, love him. Steven, are you one of those guys? Are you a first-round Reese Hall guy in startup drafts? No, I think, I think that's a little rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the same train. Where would you I, be comfortable taking him in a startup? Since a lot of, a lot of people that do listen, you know, every year is a different startup draft. Mid-second? Yeah, it'd probably be close in that second. Yeah, that's probably where I'm at. I, I, You know, early second to you could convince me, depending on what you do with your first-round pick. But I, I do think, you know, Michael Carter is really the only problem with the landing spot. And, you know, Michael Carter, decent draft capital behind him, but not the kind of draft capital that Brees Hall just got put into him. So, you know, at the end of the day, I do think – actually, too, going back to the Shanahan system thing, I feel like we've seen it we kind of understand it as like this hodgepodge of guys, but when it's one guy that's healthy, they just give it to one guy for the most part. I mean, look at Elijah Mitchell down the stretch going over 30 carries in some games. So, you know, Brees Hall is going to be their main guy. He's going to be able to stay healthy. I think Steven, I'm with you. I do think he's the one-on-one unless you're just a long shot rebuild. I'm probably grabbing a wide receiver, but you know, you could probably trade back and grab one. I think Brees is the consensus one-on-one. Yeah, something I will note really quick before we go into the second pick here. I know Matt LaFleur and Mike LaFleur. Again, I get them confused all the time. Matt LaFleur is the Green Bay head coach. Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator for the Jets. They're brothers. That Shanahan-style system works in Green Bay, and that's the offense that the Jets run. That's the actual offenses. They run that Green Bay, Shanahan, West Coast offense, where it's a lot of that play action and those two running backs were able to coexist this past year. I think they're just going to be a flip where AJ Dillon's going to be Brees Hall and Brees Hall will be the one back. Uh, and then Michael Carter will be the Aaron Jones esque more 
catching the ball more kind of, I feel like Brees Hall will be a little bit more downhill and Michael Carter could be that three, three down back. That's fair. Where, where are we valuing Michael Carter real quick? What kind of draft pick are we sending over for him right now? I don't know, man. It's tough. I think he's an important cuff. He is a super important cuff. I think so too. 203 in this year's draft. I'd rather Michael Carter than 203. I think 112 is his kind of line. That's where he was That's going where, last year. He went like 108 last year. That's where you took him. Mm-hmm. That's where he was going. Steven, what are you comfortable with for Michael uh, Carter? I think early second. Yes, that's where I'm at. All right, let's move on to 102. Jace, fill us in. Why you're yeah, taking Traylon Burks over everyone else. You know, this is, you know, if, if this were anybody else, Ken Walker's probably going here, but I want to shake things up. I want to put my money where my mouth is. I love Traylon Burks. I'm so obsessed. I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know. You know, it doesn't sound like you have because I'm sure it would have been sent into our, our group chat, but he didn't make it out of his first day of practice. The boy was winded. I had to go uh, get an inhaler. I was waiting for you guys to send me all the Porky the Pig gifts attached to that link. But, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not worried about it. You know, Jamar Chase couldn't catch the ball in the offseason. This is true. Uh, this is This is his first NFL practice. I think if anyone's overreacting to that, I'm buying low. You can trade back even farther in your draft, get him at 105, 106. I would, I would absolutely do that because I'm taking him here at 102. I just love that he is walking right into an alpha target share his rookie season. He was the replacement for AJ Brown. They traded um, AJ Brown for that pick and drafted him coming out of college. He profiled like AJ Brown. I'm scared of the bus potential. I'm, I'm terrified of the bus narrative, but one to 10 on the scared factor. Oh, it's it's a solid seven. It's a solid like, seven. I'm like Max watching like the pregame Steelers Browns in the playoffs scared. Like that's like pretty high on pretty high yeah. on there. Or like yeah. or like me just watching the Jets on a normal Sunday scared. <laughs> I just like knowing it's scary. No, I, I I'm pretty <laughs> calm. I just know they're that's gonna fair. lose. You're not calm, Peter. <laughs> I am very calm. I was very nervous at the draft. There is video, there is video evidence of me shedding tears. Some would say tears, some would say a frowny face. <laughs> I'll say a frowny face at the draft. That was probably the most scared my fandom has ever been. But I know Max was uh pooping bricks before that Steelers playoff game for the Brownies. We were talking about well, that was- Electric start. But, Jace, I, I respect that you put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I I just – I don't know. It, it's just perfect. He was my favorite prospect coming out. Just so much athletic ability, so much strength. Ran a slow 40, but Nixie and I were talking about this. Game speed is very different from the combine 40 speed when they're running in their underwear versus when they're wearing pads and a helmet and everything. I bet Traylon runs a 4.55 in his pads with his helmet. He's just a big, strong, athletic dude. Sure, he might take a little bit of time to develop, but he's going to be thrown right into it. And in redraft, I think he's going to be the out of the wide receivers, the number one rookie uh, wide receiver to produce this upcoming season. So, 102. But, bro, the cone drill. Oh, I'll miss you with that cone drill. It's all right. They're just going to throw a little screen behind the line, and he's just off to the races, man. Miss hey, look, cone drill. It'll be good. I have some Derrick Henry shares. I'm at the cliff, man. Traylon's the only thing that can help me hold on to those Henry shares, man. So I'm rooting for him. Don't think I'm not. No doubt. So it doesn't no scare you with their uh, pass play percentage, how low it is? 
Yeah, so the one thing that, you know, he's been in that run-first offense, or A.J. Brown was in that run-first offense his whole career up until he got traded. He was just an elite dynasty asset, elite redraft player for the past few years. You know, Tannehill's been catching a lot of smoke, too. I talk about it a lot of time. I remember when we were comparing him to Mahomes and all of his efficiency stats. Tannehill was without A.J. Brown all of last season. I think when he has a guy, he's good enough. I think he's good enough to not get replaced by Malik. So, I, uh, you know, the the amount of rush attempts versus pass attempts is definitely nerve-wracking, but I do think he's going to be the alpha target, and he could end up having uh, a 30% target share by the end of the season if all things go right. But but it is a fair question for sure. All right, last thing on Burks. Give me a probability percentage, 0 to 100, that he finishes as a top 12 wide receiver this year. Wow. That's, that's high. Just, and again, we're not going to hold you to this just today, right now. If you had to do it, like, let's say last year, it was like Jamar chase was like a 5% in the off season. We're like 5% chance. Like he's dropping balls. I think uh, top 12, I give him a 15% chance. Whoa. Wow. 15% chance. I just, the target share his size, his speed, his athleticism, Tannehill getting back on the horse. You know, maybe Henry goes down. They got to throw a lot more than they want to. He's going to be a benefactor of that. So I just – he is just schemed up so perfectly right now. And I do think out of all the rookie wide receivers this year, I do think he got the best quarterback um, in Ryan Tannehill. That's definitely a fair assessment. So let's move on to 103. Mr. Max, let's hear it. Yeah, before I get in there, I think Jace – that is very high. I was very taken back. I know Steve was as well. Um, I think you're getting a little recency bias. We've been very blessed to have Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson have these incredible years the past two years. We'll see if they can do it for a year three, the wide receiver class. But I mean, that's if tall it's, task. A, it's a tough task, but I feel like if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be him from this class. So just based on the landing spot, Gase and the quarterback and the opportunity. The opportunity is there. And I think it's one just real quick. I think it's a great fit. You know, he's rough and ready guy. Mike Brable's rough and ready guy. I just, it was the perfect landing spot for me with AJ Brown leaving. So I'm obsessed. I He's been my one-on-one for a long time. I just got to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. And he's got to stay off that uh, Tennessee barbecue there. <laughs> he's yeah, been hanging out at the honky tonk too much. Ladies <laughs> <laughs> and bills. He should have went to the bills. All right. I am really torn here. I'm looking at the ADPs and first of all, I'm just going to go through the top three guys here on the ADP. It goes Kenneth Walker, Drake London, and then James Cook has sneaked all the way up to top five on ADP for dynasty rookie drafts. And to me, Steve, I don't know what your viewpoint is. I can't wait to hear about it. I want nothing to do with this guy. I think he's like the biggest (laughs) trap ever as Nick C calls it. I won't even get to him because I won't pick him if you don't see there in the second round for me. But I'm going to shock the world here. I want to go with Drake London. I want to go with Garrett Wilson. But I'm going to go with Christian J-Mo. Watson. <laughs> Jameson go. Williams. Shock I'm, the nation. Bold, I'm going to go with J-Mo. Um, this, I'm going to shout out Kev K. Kev K has been, I don't want to say notorious, but Kev K has just, hey, he's hit on a lot of wide receivers in the past. He showed me Tyree Kill before he was Tyree Kill. I was like, Kev, like, 
who's your wide receiver, like one in the class. He didn't say JMO, but he did say JMO was a close second. I've always believed in the talent. If he didn't have the ACL injury, he would have been the first wide receiver taken off the board. Obviously, he might have been 101. He might be competing with 101 with Brees Hall, 100%. 100%. And obviously, Detroit's not the best landing spot for him. But like I said earlier in the show, I'm a big believer that they're not going to continue to settle with Jared Goff, that they're going to go out there and make a move, that the Detroit Lions are due. And if that happens, J-Mo will be amazing. Steven, I'm, I'm yeah, very I, curious I, to get your take. I had him at the one three two. Oh, right, right. Like all right, that. all right. Yeah, you said you didn't really like the landing spot that much, but honestly, I think I touched on a little bit in one of the previous episodes. Him landing in Detroit at first is like, eh, eh, it's all right. But if you think about it, he's really going to get a lot of time to just recover from that injury and make sure he's right. Um, he, you know, if he would have landed in Tennessee like Traylon did, they'd be rushing him back. They want him on the field. They're closer to a win now team than a, uh, than a rebuild. So Detroit for me is just, it's perfect for him to just recover, get right. And then uh, for them to draft the quarterback next season and try to find a mesh. Yeah. Personally, uh, I don't know if uh, anybody happened to see this. I'm pretty active on the fantasy football Reddit pages. Uh, and I published a, a, not like a theory, but just like a thought. I was like, am I crazy for wanting to draft Jamison Williams one Oh two. I literally said that, no. and this was pre-draft, pre-draft, pre-destination. like I said, am I nuts? And the amount of people pouring in there were like, absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. he is going to slide. Like, if he doesn't find the perfect place, he's going to slide. Like, X, Y, Z. Like, his skill set went healthy. And, again, the ACL, as a lot of people have been saying, it's not the death sentence like it used to be for a lot of these skill position players. I absolutely love JMO. His tape from this past season at Alabama, again, if you like Devonta Smith, you like CeeDee Lamb, you like all these young stud wide receivers, he did that plus some. Like, his tape was absolutely nuts. It's a real shame that he had to tear his ACL. Again, non-contact stuff, so just just rough, man. Uh, unlucky, unlucky, and he still finds his way to the 103. All right, rolling to the 104, I find myself – blessed beyond compare that Mr. Drake London is still here. Uh, just lock him in real quick. Drake London, I believe he's 6'4", 6'5", runs a decent 40 time. But his whole thing is the after-the-catch explosion. He is a dynamic athlete, Pac-12, Offensive Player of the Year, just while only playing eight games. He had a freak contact injury, was not non-contact was the first wide receiver off the board. A lot of the times over the past couple of years, the first receiver off the board, eh, who knows? You know, Henry Ruggs one year, Jalen Waddle the next year. You literally polar opposites. One's not rostered. One is like the highest fantasy asset of, uh, of them all uh, over the past couple of years. But I'm going to go with Drake London. There's a reason why the last couple of days he rose draft boards. His size and athleticism is completely comparable. And I will say, is the closest comparison to Mike Williams. I know not Mike Williams, Mike Evans. Oh God. Yeah. If it was Mike Williams, Mike run. Williams. <laughs> Mike Williams, run. everybody knows I'm not a Mike Will fan, but no, Mike Evans, we really haven't seen a receiver that's comparable to Mike Evans over the last couple of years uh, come out. And he's the closest thing that they got to him. Uh, if I take a shot at one Oh four and he's not there, so be it. But 
if he slides to 104 in your draft and you pick anybody else here, I, I really couldn't help you. I like, even if you need running back and Kenneth Walker's there, I, I, I still think you have to take London. No doubt. Steven, how do you feel about Drake yeah. Lennon? Oh, uh, no, I like to pick in? a lot. Um, I mean, I had him as the number two. Yeah. So you have JMO as the number one? No, no, no. I had London as the one, two. So okay, I had, my uh, bad. I had uh, JMO. I thought you meant one, oh, two. I think uh, London's going to be, I mean, he's got the size and length. Um, in the red zone, I think he's really going to be big. Now, how often they get in the red zone is another thing. But... <laughs> uh, that's a little that's a little Saints bias there. Is that a little uh, jab at the division rival? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've pretty much been owning them for a while now. <laughs> oh. they, they play with a handicap. They got Matty Ice as their quarterback. Now they don't, but they did, and he's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, oh, I think if Ritter finds his way in there, that's going to be another big thing for Pitts. For Pitts and London, both big-bodied targets, they both can't get double-teamed as well. So I absolutely love I love uh, London this year. I agree. I think I love where he gets drafted. He's the only other wide receiver I would consider over Traylon. He, I've said a thousand times, he was my first love in the offseason watching his tape. I do think the landing spot, though, with Mariota, I'm not the biggest Ritter believer. Because, I don't know, once he gets in the game, he's an electric runner. I just don't like rushing quarterbacks, uh, you know, trying to provide for my wide receivers. So I, I just think it's going to be a longer development for Drake London. Maybe we're disappointed for the first two years, especially, like you said earlier, Max, um, coming up Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson coming out of these rookie classes. I think we might be in for some disappointment in the short term, but I do think long term he's – he could easily be the top wide receiver out of this class for the longest amount of time. Yeah, Nick C, really quick, before we move on to the 105, defend your boy Ritter? Defend your fellow I mean, Bearcat? Yeah, I mean, I love Ritter, but, I mean, it's all fair points. I mean, Ritter, Whoa. the big question with him coming out was accuracy and if he can put the ball where it needs to be. And, I mean, he's got the speed to run, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely tough. I love him for fantasy, but – if I was a Falcons fan, I mean, I'm probably not super ecstatic, but <laughs> he All promised right. a Super Bowl, though, man. He did. He's not leaving until he gets one. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. All right. The 105 pick comes up. My heart tells me. But, you know, when your head and your heart kind of go at each other, I'm going to pick my heart nine times out of 10. You got to follow your heart, got to follow your gut. Shout out, Big Al from the uh, Pacific Northwest now. Uh, Garrett Wilson, New York Jets, silky smooth route runner, go-go Tokyo, as we call him on here. I really don't think that there's much more to be said. He's the number two receiver off the board, and Zach Wilson's going to have a very promising year this year. We cut out some of the episode here, but Peter was going on a little fit about how Jace picked Olave for him, and I I didn't think Peter was actually going to pick Olave. I think Peter likes to pull the strings of the audience, but (laughs) – Oh, I would yeah. have been very, very I reeled them in. You did. You had me. You told a great story. Um, but Garrett Wilson, I I was really tempted to take him at pick one three. I was between him and JMO. And if he got the six, I would have been ecstatic. It wouldn't have been a realistic draft, but I think it's definitely the right pick. I think he's the better player over Olave. And I really, I mean, just you talking about the line, Peter. I get you're a Jet fan, but you talk about this line like they're like dude, they are. Man, they are that will building gold. 
Dude, they are building the trenches. Oh my God. You have no idea, man. They are building the trenches in New York. Joe Douglas is a freak. He's like six foot nine himself. Is he actually? Joe Douglas is six foot nine. He's probably not. He played offensive guard. So he's probably like six six. No, the guy's like literally massive. He, he's like a he stands next to Howie, uh, the Eagles GM, uh, and literally towers over him. Well. How you talk about the line makes me want to draft Garrett Wilson 101, honestly. So that's all I'm going to say, and I'm going to pass it to Steve. Yeah, I like the pick, too. Uh, I mean, I really think the Jets are turning around. And, uh, say it they louder. Made some, they made some really <laughs> good moves. I mean, they are looking at the draft. You see that the Lions and Jets, they're not making typical Lion and Jets moves. They're really uh, making some good moves, and I think they're two teams that could be on the rise. I definitely agree. I in super flex right now. I would be trying to buy all the Zach Wilson shares right now, especially as a rebuilder. If I can get him on the cheap for some later picks or, um, you know, some 2023, 2024 draft capital. I do think Zach Wilson, he has it all lined up for him. It's no excuses for him. I will give him, you know, another year or so just because he's, he's so young and he has so many young weapons around him. But I mean, I've said it a thousand times. It, it's very reminiscent of when the Browns turned it around with their draft picks. They made a couple um, exciting draft picks. Zach Wilson, very polarizing, just as was Baker Mayfield. They grabbed their polarizing quarterback, and now they started to surround the guy with talent. So I, I really, really think things are looking up for the Jets. And I really think, you know, Garrett Wilson was some people's 101 pre-draft, and then he landed on the Jets. Not great because he's got to share with Elijah Moore, but out of all the young quarterbacks, I do think Zach Wilson's the most likely to support two fantasy relevant wide receivers. So Garrett Wilson, freak athlete. I do think it's a, a long-term great fit for the organization and for Garrett Wilson, the fantasy player. All right, let's move on to the 106. Max, you're back up on the clock. I am. And I see the board and I think a lot of people are going to be like, why, why is Kenneth Walker still there at 106? And like Peter mentioned, I think he would have been gone earlier it just really comes down to windows and everything like that. We talk about it a lot, but I'm just not a running back baby. Jace has really converted me, you can say, into just a wide receiver baby. Like I will take 10 wide receivers on my team that are young and have like no running backs and not blink an eye because I know those wide receivers hold their value, if not gain it. Whereas running backs, yes, they could gain value. Anyone could gain value, I guess. But every year they, they get older, they just they go down a little notch, whereas wider series, they get older and they get better with age and stuff like that. So I'm not taking Kenneth Walker. You already know how I feel about James Cook. I can't wait to see where he goes. But I am taking uh, Chris Olave here. They traded up snipes to get him. Sniping him from our from our New Orleans fellow over yeah. here. <laughs> Steve, they traded up to get him. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, they traded up a lot to get him. So yeah. They, really, so- they wanted him bad. Yeah, they 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 value him obviously, and like Peter was saying before, he you know tricked the audience as we like to call it here. Um, I do all over their eyes. Yes, but I, I do see a really good path for Olave to overtake Michael Thomas as that wide receiver one, especially when my boy Drew Brees comes back this year. Ugh, <laughs> I, I literally that was reactionary. I didn't even think to do that. My body just literally went ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked Olave. I mean, I felt I did feel they gave up. A, they gave up so much to go get him. I think they gave up a, a little too much. 
but I do like him as a play, and I think he's going to fit good in the offense. Um, Landry only signed a one-year deal. He's probably not going to be back next year. And Michael Thomas has probably this year and next year, and then he'll probably be moving on. So he's going he's gonna to take over. So really quick, I got a question. I think this is a, a larger question we really haven't touched on with the podcast at all, and it's the absence of Sean Payton. Now, I know that that's very big in the city of New Orleans, uh, especially because he was this offensive guru and has been able to scheme like fourth round running backs in Alvin Kamara, fifth round running backs in Alvin Kamara to be good. And he's been able to scheme a good, not great receiver in Michael Thomas to be exceptional. And he's been able to scheme, you know, under six foot Drew Brees to being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Right. So where do we find this post Sean Payton offense? I know it's led by a lot of his, uh, you know, underneath guys, but are you as confident in the offense this upcoming season with Jameis and the staff and what is it, Gus Johnson or Gus Bradley coaching? Yeah. Um, of course I'm not as confident. I mean, without Sean, I mean, Sean just creatively is one of the best in the NFL. I mean, offensive creativity and drawing up plays and, and getting the most out of guys. I mean, Marcus Colston, Lance yeah. Moore. I mean, a lot of guys that when they went somewhere else, they were irrelevant. Taysom so, Hill, imagine if he went somewhere else, man. He'd be nobody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And with Sean, he's able to catch big checks. No so, doubt. So, I mean, I, I think the offense, it won't be as the same without Sean, but I, I still feel pretty confident it's, it's going to be a, a good offense. Just want to chime in here. I love how you call him Sean. Like, you guys are on, like, a first name, like, <laughs> on basis. Like, you guys are friends, like. Oh, yeah, me and Sean, like, really miss the guy. Good, great coach. Uh, Dennis Allen's the head coach there in New Orleans. Peter mentioned – Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen. But, Peter, was it you that mentioned maybe Gus Johnson? I wish Gus Johnson was the head coach. That would be the best. The announcer? Yes. I, he would be the best head coach <laughs> ever, man. He would have me – Oh, my goodness. Pancakes. <laughs> he wouldn't say pancakes. He'd say, beignets. <laughs> They're partying down on Bourbon Street here for them Saints. <laughs> shout out, shout yeah. out, Gus Johnson. Dead serious. We need him in more NFL games this year. Oh, 100%. So, are we good on Olave, or, or do you think that there's anything else that needs to be pointed out? Because, you know, the Sean Payton thing, I think, is a lot bigger than people are, are giving it credit to. Please just call him Sean. Steve's on a first. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not on a first name basis with Mr. Payton. Yeah, I mean Dennis Allen. It, it's. It is. It is. I mean, a, a downgrade for sure. You know, he's more defensive, but I mean, I think. I think he just. He's going to know how to use the weapons he's got. I mean, I think he's seen enough. He's been around around the team long enough. I think he's still going to have the offense going pretty good. One little thing I wanted to throw in, like you said, Stephen. He's only. You know, Jarvis Landry's only there for one year. There's no better slot guy to learn from than Jarvis Landry. If you ask me for, you know, a mentor in the offense there, I really love that fit. Cause Alave, I know he plays a decent amount on the outside, but I've always kind of, he's always kind of resonated with me as a slot guy. I, I just think, you know, he's already a pristine route runner. I think Jarvis is too. I think that I just love uh, that pairing there. I know it might hurt for fantasy the first year there, but I think long-term that'd be a large benefit. To yeah, Chris for Alave. sure. Definitely. All right, moving into 107, Jace, finally back on the clock. Yeah, I uh, Ken Walker is still on the board. 
And I think this is probably the range. I'm not a running back guy, but I do think this is insane value. Coming out of college, absolutely a great prospect. If he would have landed in Tennessee behind Derrick Henry, I've been all over this dude. He just would have been the next man up in that system eventually, just like Derrick Henry was for DeMarco Murray in that same system. But he landed in Seattle. Drew Locke led Seattle. Terrible O-line. Yeah, terrible O-line. It's going to be a bad team. But I do think he's worth an arm and a leg to a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, he didn't catch passes at Michigan State, but that's it doesn't say he can't catch passes. It was just the system that he was in. I don't know. I've also heard he's a terrible run blocker, and you'll never get in on third downs in the NFL if you can't uh, pass block. Excuse me. If you can't pass block, you're not making it uh, in on third downs in the NFL. So I'm really not the biggest guy, but I do think he's going to be their starter. I do think he's going to get the most amount of carries in this offense. And I, as running back goes in uh, rookie drafts, Ken Walker should have already been gone, so I'm going to grab him here at the 1-7. Yeah, I, I think it would uh, hurt our credibility if we let him continue to slide down this board. So I'm, I am glad you took him there, Jace. And I, it would be pretty amazing if Ken Walker was a good run blocker. He's run the football and blocking. <laughs> I mean, like, no that's next-level stuff. He's one-on-one in my book now. No doubt. No doubt. Take that lineman off the field, put an extra wide receiver out there, just let Ken Walker do his thing. Let him do his thing. All right, Steve, how are you feeling about Kenneth? Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah, at this point, it's, I mean, it's a no-brainer for sure. I mean, he probably should have went three picks ago. And as far as the receiving, like you said, in college, he wasn't used like that. I feel like Atlanta Fournette, he wasn't used that much in college in the receiving, Great in the receiving yeah. game at all. It was just the scheme LSU at the time. They didn't really throw to the running backs. And then you see when he got to the pros, he was able to, it wasn't an issue. Absolutely. Yeah, I brought up A.J. Dillon a couple times, too. I mean, talk about not being able to catch the ball in college. A.J. Dillon was just a wrecking ball uh, on rushing downs. And, you know, now in that Packers system, he's catching five-yard outs. He's running down the field making catches. So maybe we see it happen, and maybe he's just the steal of the draft because he's on a bad team, but he's catching a ton of passes and seeing the vast uh, majority of the workload. So, yeah, he should have already been gone. I mean, he wouldn't be on my team. I'd be trading back. I'm not that interested, but – in a normal rookie draft with other people that are actually filling out a real team. He's, he's gone in the top four picks usually. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You know, these Uber athletes, they can catch the ball. Yeah. Right. It's nuts. Hey, Ronald Jones, Ronald <laughs> Jones makes it look hard. Ronald Jones is trying to catch the ball with two frying pans. All right, let's move on to the 108. Uh, again, for anybody out there listening, we're to get through the first round. Second round is going to be a little bit more uh, stop and go a little bit quicker on the start of the second round. All right, to the 108, uh, I believe we have Steve again. I will go Sky Moore. Whoa. Over Watson. Why why Sky Moore over Watson? We can kind of talk about both players here. I just think the fit is a little bit better. I just like, you know, Sky Moore there having Mahomes. I mean, I know I know Watson has he has Aaron Rodgers, but I just think he I think Sky Moore, I think it's gonna click faster there. You know, I think Rodgers doesn't always – if you look at some of his receivers, they don't always click day one. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Do you think that Sky Moore – obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill is an irreplaceable player. Well, I'll leave it at that. But do you think he fills more of a Tyreek Hill-esque role? Or do you think he kind of breaks out and Andy Reid schemes him into his own kind of being out there? 
I think probably a little more into his own. Um, I don't think they're going to try to exactly have him replicate what what Tyreek did. So, and I think long term, I mean, you got Mahomes for a lot longer than you got Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, Brian. Uh, I think it's Gudakus, Budakus, Gudakus, the the GM or whatever senior vice president of football operations out there. Uh, in Green Bay said, when you think about Aaron Rodgers' four-year deal, it's not really a four-year deal. It's four one-year deals. Yep. So you could turn into Jordan Love at any time up there in Green Bay. Yeah, and I don't want that. I do like the Sky Moore pick. So, and again, we'll touch on James Cook in a little bit, but why are we grabbing our sixth wide receiver over any running back? I, I, I answered this question earlier. I'm a wide receiver baby. They're longevity for me. Yeah, and, and I, I think too. Oh, go ahead, Stephen. I just think the class at running back was it was it was far weaker than than the wide receiver. It was more top heavy with, you know, with, with Brees Hall and and uh, Kenneth Walker, and then after that, it's it's a big drop off. Whereas wide receiver was it was it was just deep. Yeah. I'm in the same camp. I think now we just got a bunch of handcuffs that could maybe fall into a decent workload, but it's going to take an injury or um, some other situation with the James Cook, Isaiah Spiller, Damian Pierce. He could definitely find himself into immediate work with the competition he has there, but it's the running back on the Houston Texans. So I don't know how interested we all are in that, but yeah, wide receivers for sure belong here in the uh, filling up the first round. All right. Back to back. We hit Steve at the one Oh nine. It's I got, it's between Pickens and Watson, and so you just I do think this Watson. is a tougher choice than people make it seem in all the rookie drafts. I yeah, this is a tough one, man. I, I think I might go Pickens. I just the, the Aaron Rodgers whole thing worries me, and I like them both. I, I really like Pickens. You know, he's he's got height, the hands. Uh, you, you see some of his videos. I mean, he's just bullying DBs. And uh, so he's physical and he's and a dog, just, man. Yeah, he, and he's I mean, a dog. Right. And Steelers with wide receivers. I mean, they, they know what they're doing when it comes to wide receivers. Something that we did mention, everybody thinks that the wide receiver rooms could be a little crowded this year for this year, 100%. But they are going to let either Deontay or Chase Claypool walk. Uh, I think more likely Claypool and then Pickens literally fills the Claypool role perfectly. So. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I see Claypool leaving, uh, especially since they drafted Calvin Austin a little later mm-hmm. on in the draft. And so them taking the two wide receivers, it pretty much between Deontay Johnson or Claypool, one of them is not going to be there long term. Yeah, I agree. I, I Pickens is really like the immediate draft spot. I was like, ah, what a terrible spot. It's so crowded there. But then, like you said, you think about it, what they've done with wide receivers over the the last few years. Uh, I mean, it, dating back to when Antonio Brown was tearing things up by, uh, as a Steeler. But George Pickens in 2019 was probably already looking like the number one overall pick in rookie drafts um, this season. He broke out as a freshman, 12 games, 49 receptions, 727 yards, and eight tutties. I mean, the dude was electric coming out of the gate. Injuries bit him the past couple seasons. I think if he's able to rebound, he's in a great situation. And, you know, uh, Picket to Pickens has a really nice ring to it. So let's take a trip down Narrative Street. We, we love the narrative here. We really do. Yes. All right. Moving on to 110. Jace, let's hear it from you. Oh, 
Oh, baby. The most polarizing player in the draft, if you ask me. I'm going with Christian Watson. I've taken the leap of faith. I've seen, uh, you know, the raw athletic score comparisons to Marquez Valdez-Scanling. I've heard people talk about him filling that role. But, you know, whenever you have a moment of doubt about Christian Watson, flip on the film and watch him just just boss everybody. He's stronger, bigger, faster. Best receiver at the senior bowl. Dusted every DB there. I mean, he is just dripping with upside. And I said this to Max a few months ago. If he ended up, if he hits, he will be the number one wide receiver, the number one point getter out of this class because the ability that he has is unbelievable. I am worried about the Aaron Rodgers, you know, taking some time to develop some chemistry with rookies. I, but just the situation, the upside of the player, it's, he belongs in the first round. And at 110, I don't think, uh, this is probably around the range where he'll, where he'll go. I think he probably goes maybe a couple picks, a pick or two earlier, but this is a good spot for him. I'm going to take the shot. Do you worry that he didn't play against the big boys, you could say, in college? Yeah, that definitely worries me. Um, and, you know, his stats weren't great. I don't think he ever eclipsed 1,000 yards, but that team he was on has always been a run-first offense. And if you watch him run block, he's also vicious. So, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, some of the best wide receivers in the game didn't play against SEC talent. I'm not saying Christian Watson is one of those guys, but it's happened before. So it's just I'm taking the upside here, and that's pretty much what you're trying to do here at the back of the first. Yeah, I think the last probably five years or so, you've seen that more to where the the lesser, the lower schools, it doesn't matter as much as it used to. It's not as big of a deal mm-hmm. that it once was. Absolutely. And I would say especially at wide receiver where it's, you know, if you got talent, you're going to demand the ball. Where at running back, I think situation probably matters a little bit more and you know, kind of game scripts you're going to be caught in. Wide receiver, if you can ball and you can play, you're most likely going to get the ball and you're going to get to play. All right. We've talked ad nauseum about Christian Watson on this podcast. I've Googled and ogled over him in our post senior bowl uh, combine stuff. His raw athleticism is insane. Again, it's just going to be if, if Rogers, it's like a, like a, like a donation, like donating uh, like your liver or something like that. If the body accepts it, then the body's going to move on perfectly fine. If the body rejects it, Oh boy, we got some trouble. No doubt. Dr. P or Dr. P, I put the I put the doctor coat. I put the white coat back on. Dang, <laughs> I like it, Peter. All right. Moving on to 111. Uh, Max, you're on a board. Yeah. So a quick little trade lesson here. You gotta, like I said, you always gotta know who you're playing with. Uh, I look, I see PCAT is right ahead of me, and I've listened to the pod. I know that PCAT has talked ad nauseum, as he likes to say, over Trey McBride. So who am I going to pick? You little rat. Trey McBride from Arizona. Well, not from Arizona. From Colorado State at Arizona now. Hopkins suspension. Zach Ertz getting older. I mean, Peter, you can ramble off the facts about him because you've done it for episodes straight. No, I and won't you know anymore. What? He's on my team now, Peter, and you could trade me <laughs> an arm and a leg for him. But I'm picking him. I, you know, I refuse to talk about Trey McBride. I will not talk about Trey McBride the uh, entire rest of the episode. Jace, take it away. Wow, you're not yeah, Trey McBride. I, uh, I never thought he would end up being a first round pick. I used to call you crazy for it, but I, I'm walking back with my tail in between my legs, asking for 
forgiveness. Trey McBride belongs here. I love this pick. You know, you could argue a couple guys over him. He's probably going to be a longer shot, probably belongs on your taxi for the first two seasons of his career. But just one of the best college tight end prospects we've ever seen, one of the best college pass catchers we've ever seen, honestly, especially in regard to this uh, past class. Dripping with upside, especially in an offense that loves to throw the tight end, Max Williams, Zach Ertz. We've seen a bunch of guys become relevant there recently with uh, K1 and Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. So it's, but uh, yeah, Trey McBride, I think he belongs here. I love the pick. Yeah, Peter, thanks for that. Thanks for all the advice. Yeah, Got I you, like bro. the talent. I mean, I think it's a few picks earlier than uh, than I would like, but uh, yeah, I like the talent. He's great. Uh, I kind of was hoping we wouldn't have traded so much up to get Olave, and we would have had a second round pick to to take McBride uh, to take him in the draft. Ooh. But of course, we traded so much away to get Olave, and uh, I was kind of hoping to get a tight end like McBride because we need it. You're not satisfied with Adam Troutman? No, indeed not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're going to move into 112. And again, this second round, we're going to be a little bit more zooming through them. At this point, a lot of these players aren't S-tier athletes. Whatever kind of attributes you want to put on these guys, they're not going to be the upper echelon. So there's no point in really discussing a lot of their deeper stuff. I think what's more important is landing spot in the second round. But at 112, I'm actually going to go a little bit nuts. Uh, I'm surprised he's still here, uh, not going to lie. Uh, I thought he would have went at 111, Jahan Dotson. I, I love Dotson. I love the opportunity. I absolutely love the opportunity skill set. He had basically 1,200 yards last year. He had 13 touchdowns. He had actually 1,200 scrimmage yards flat, so – he had 91 receptions uh, on the season at Penn State. Absolutely destroyed Rutgers. You know, Terry's been getting double teamed his entire career. Uh, so now we're finally going to have an opportunity for somebody to step into that slot role, maybe even play on the outside. He plays a lot bigger than his size as well. I believe he's only like 5'11". He, he's a smaller guy for sure. He runs some really crisp routes and has probably the best hands in the class, which I think I mentioned last week. Peter, I was really excited to see where you went with this pick. Usually you let me down. I think this was a great pick for your squad and definitely the best pick for the guy on the board. I think, I think it was a good pick. To, uh, I mean, it's not the, the greatest landing spot, but, uh, you know, I, he's got the, the speed and athleticism. I think he'll be good. It's just the quarterback position. You don't know how that's going to be. It's a little shaky. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But the talent's there. Yeah, and I also think the talent, yeah, there. I believe he came out as a senior, which definitely isn't my favorite thing. But, you know, as first-round real NFL draft-wide receivers go, Dotson is easily the biggest value here. I mean, we're getting him at the back end of the first year. Dude went relatively early in the first round of the real draft. Bit of a reach, if you ask me, and probably everyone here on the Zoom call. But, yeah, Dotson is just probably the value pick of rookie drafts this upcoming uh, rookie draft season. All right. With that being said, where I'm going to move into my two one, uh, I'm debating between two guys, either Rashad white or uh, John Mechie. Again, nothing against James cook. And again, this is going to be the one that ends up slapping us across the face when he's like the RB five on the year uh, <laughs> at some point, but I, I'm going to take Mechie. I'm going to take the wide receiver with the longer shelf life. Who knows how long until the uh, Tom Brady experience down in Tampa Bay blows up. Uh, John Mechie, Alabama product, wide receiver. He's going to have a lot of vacated targets in Houston. 
just because there's nobody there to catch the ball besides Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I, I, I knew you would go Mechie. I thought you were going to go Mechie at 112. Obviously, it doesn't matter. I mean, you got back-to-back picks there, but I like the pick overall. And like you said, there's a lot of targets there in Houston. They're going to be down a lot of the game. So, All right, Max, let's hear your 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, so like I said before, you got to know where you're at in the draft. Um, I know that – who's picking next year? Oh, my friend Jace. Yep, for sure. And I know Jace is one of Jace's favorite players is uh, David Bell. So mm. I am going to take mm. uh, David Bell and snipe Jace. I'm a Browns fan. Mm. I like the opportunity. A lot of targets there with just Amari Cooper right now. Watson news pending. This guy could be a really good steal in the second round. Elijah Moore type steal, yes or no? Yeah. I think I think Moore's probably got more upside, but I think he could be a quick producer, kind of like Moore was coming out of the second round. Dang, man. You you just sniped me, man. I I was really planning on him being there. I should have just known better. I should have known my opponent better. All right. David Bell, I'm I'm really excited for him. Not amazing at one thing, but really solid at everything. He's just I think he's really NFL ready and in a great, uh, in a great spot. But uh, you know, here we go again. I'm going to take another running back. I am going to take James Cook here at 2-3. I feel like this is his cap. This is his cap. This is where I'm at. He's, you know, at this point, it's a second-round pick, early second. I think that's what most handcuffs are worth in the right offense. If he ever, you know, Singletary got hurt, I think they're pretty much done with Moss. I I think James Cook could slip into some really nice value, but if Singletary is healthy, I think it's probably going to be a split backfield. I don't know how much Josh Allen wants to check it down. I just, he does feel like a trap, but here at two, three, I feel like he's got to go. Yeah. I won't, I won't give you any flack for him at two, three. I feel like this is his absolute ceiling that you'll see. And if he falls later than this, I am taking him in an instant. For sure. Yeah. I'm just not ready to to go to first round. Like some people are, but uh, at this Mm -hmm. spot in the second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other consideration I had was Rashad white, because I do think he could, totally end up outscoring James Cook. Leonard Fournette has definitely shown some tendencies to get banged up. Tom loves to check it down and Rashad White can catch the ball. So I I, I almost took Rashad White, but long-term, Cook is locked into that Buffalo Bills offense led by Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And they're just going to be a lot more pro- prolific for longer just because Tom, we already saw him retire than unretire this year. That offense could really take a hit once he stops playing in the next year or so. Um, and that I think would really hurt Rashad White as well. All right, let's get pick number uh, four up right now, Steven. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Rashad White. I think even if Brady does go, I mean, they they might go even more run heavy, and open up more opportunities. And uh, so it it was between him. I mean, him and you took Cook. It was them. Those were the two I was looking at. It, you know, it's just a matter. I mean, Josh Allen with the rushing touchdowns so true. there's definitely things with both guys but uh i like what uh what uh white has and uh i think he'll be good good there in tampa i agree yeah 100 percent. and who are you feeling at two five um alec pierce Ooh. nick nick let's hear it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh him being paired with, with uh Pittman, I think uh, it'll be a good, a good duo, wide receiver duo there. I'm perfectly fine taking Pierce at two one over Mechie. I'm perfectly fine if somebody told me they were taking him over Dotson. 
that would be kind of my line, but I wouldn't say it's the end of the world. I, I really like Pierce's opportunity this upcoming season. Yeah, I think where he went is a really fair spot. I, I, I really like his landing spot right here. This is where I have him um, pegged at in rookie drafts. I, great value pick. Probably going to have to hold on to him for longer to let him develop. But, hey, we talked about before, maybe uh, Pittman's the, the volume getter, but the touchdowns go to Alec Pierce. Matt Ryan has consistently done that his whole career. He throws the touchdowns to the two, and he throws all the volume to the one. So, I don't know. We talked about before, he's giant super athletic maybe he falls into 10 touchdowns here pretty soon all right coming up on the two six take us away yeah this is uh this is where things start getting kind of gross here but man i i think i want to go isaiah spiller here just to have the handcuff for alex or alex austin eckler i you know i think he could find himself some good work if Austin Eckler went down, and even if he doesn't, they've been trying to work another back in between the tackles for quite some time with Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. I think he's just a high-end handcuff at this point, um, so I'm going to grab him, hope he falls into some work, and then try to ship him off for a pick earlier than I got him. Yeah, Eckler cannot take that workload, man. Yeah, and I don't think they want him to. I think they want to you know, keep him fresh. They want to keep him paired with Herbert for years to come, so I do think they want to limit his workload, and I think Spiller – there were guys talking about Spiller being uh, the number two running back in this class pre-draft. People were talking about this guy being the surefire 101. I believe Andy Holloway from the fantasy footballers were saying that. So that's a big name that we all know. He's dropping all the way down. I, yep. I, I'll scoop him up. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Again, these, these mid-late second-round picks at this point, it's all opportunity, all speculative. So there's really not much more to comment on. Yeah. I agree. I, I'm really surprised, though, that you picked him, Jace. I definitely thought you were going to go with the guy that I want. And that is, yep, you're, you're getting to him here, Mr. Wandale. I thought you'd Wandale. go with, uh, with your Kentucky Blue guy. Yeah. But I'm happy you passed on him, and I'm not taking a running back. I, I almost refuse. I'd rather, especially at this. I mean, with my last pick, I'm going to take a running back, but just for the sake of the draft. But I, I'm a wide receiver baby, and I really – Wandale's got that speed, bro. If you like Kadarius Tony without the uh, potential trade rumors, you'll like Wandale Robinson. All right, moving on to the two eight. I'm. I want Jace to tell me who I'm going to pick. I want to see if he knows. I'm looking through here. I kind of was gonna, you know, maybe you're gonna shock us here and grab Kenny Pickett. Yep, you yep. hit me with it. Let's go, Kenny, right. right on the nose. I think this is the perfect range for Kenny Pickett. He's going to be a starter. Steelers are a very patient organization. Very patient organization. They will take their time developing him. And again, if he does fail, you lost a back end second. Oh well, no doubt. And he's got weapons. He's got all kinds of weapons. Yeah, the only thing that they need to do is build that offensive line. I think that's what next year's draft is for. Steven, how do you feel about Kenny Pickett? I'd love to get your read. Uh, I like the situation. I mean, he's definitely got wide receivers around him, and Pittsburgh's always going to have – they always have wide receivers. So he's going to have talented guys to throw to. So he's he's in a good spot. Uh, the coaching there is good. The organization, you know, if his, if his tiny hands can, can hold on to the ball, it, uh, <laughs> it could be good. No doubt. Hey, I'm pulling for Kenny Pickett, man. We, uh, us small hand guys, we got to stick together. You know, I'm out here buying youth mittens still. So, uh, yeah, not a good look, but I'll ride with them. How is a D1 baseball player a guy with small hands? 
I was going to joke around and say lots of rosin, but I wasn't a, a rosin <laughs> or a, a sticky tech guy. But, you know, I don't know. I just, I really don't know. It just, was, uh, just it the was gift, tough the natural gift of the game. Yeah, I guess so. I was going to say maybe I just like hold the ball more tender. Maybe it just sits in my hand better because I'm a little more gentle than most folks just, you know, wrapping their fingers around it and squeezing it to death. I, you know, I got to hold that baby like an egg. All right, let's move on to the 2-9. Find myself back up here. Probably going to take Tolbert. I, I like Tolbert's opportunity the most. Uh, again, we've talked about it on the pod. He has an opportunity to be Cedric Wilson. Enough said. He yeah. has the opportunity yeah. to be the, the target siphon in that offense with Noah Mari Cooper. Sure. Michael Gallup also banged up to start the season. He could slot right into that role to, you know, boost his fancy value right out of the shoot. All right, Max, give us your last pick, 210. I'm going to grab Zamir White. Uh, just with the, Josh, with the Josh Jacobs news that they're not picking up his fifth-year option, I mean – I try to get him in as many drafts as I can. I know I shouldn't show my hand on here, but I do it anyway. What do you mean, bro? You're supposed to show your hand on here. I'm a big fan. Went went to Georgia. Um, Jace is reading about him now, but five-star yeah. recruit in high school, number one running back coming out of the country. Josh Jacobs doesn't scare me, man. You know, Josh Jacobs doesn't necessarily scare me, but that system that he's landing in scares me. It's that old Patriots running back room where they're grabbing a bunch of different guys to do a bunch of different things. I just, uh, I'm slightly worried about it, but preseason pre-draft people love Zamir white. Some people really love Zamir white. So I'm, you know, when we're getting down here in the back of the second, they're all long shots. I, you know, I'm not going to get on someone over one pick over another. Yeah. I like to pick with them moving on from Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think he can take the, take the role and run with it possibly. So he's got a good opportunity there. All right, move on on to 211 and then 212. Uh, Jace, wrap us up for you. Oh, I'm back up here. I'm getting just so lost in the snake right now. I'm, I'm going to go Damian Pierce here. I just made the case for him. Not super excited about it, but not a whole lot of competition in front of him. Mm. Maybe that team gets better down the road. I'll just snag him here. Hope he finds some short-term value, and then you can ship him back off for an earlier second in another class. Yep. Uh, no problems with that pick at the 211. I could even see him slip in earlier to, like, the 2-5. For sure. 212, Steve's going to wrap us up here on the mock draft yeah. that we got. I think I'll go with Algier. Tyler Algier. Out of Atlanta. Do you think he can be Arthur Smith's Derrick Henry? Uh, I mean, that's a probably a tall order and big stretch, but uh, I <laughs> think he, I think they'll have a role for him, for sure. Zach Wilson, yeah. I will say, really loves him. Uh, it was like kind of on the radar. If the Jets didn't get Brees Hall, they were going to go get Algier. Yeah. Um, yeah, 22, 511, 220. Definitely somebody to keep your eyes on uh, as training camp start if your rookie draft is pushed later. Who knows how he could kind of fly up boards if the right things get said at press conferences. Yeah, and Atlanta yeah. already talked about moving Cordell Patterson more to a wide receiver. Absolutely. Oh, and then his I only competition is Damian Williams and Quadre Allison, like I'm reading right here. That is not a whole lot of competition. No, I just. 
I hope they don't take away that running back eligible tag on sleeper for uh, my boy Cordero. <laughs> that, yeah, that's not, that's like a cheat code right there. I know Nick sees <laughs> with me on that one. All right. Okay. That's going to wrap up our rookie mock draft that we had. We did want to thank so much. Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, very special guest, Steven Ransbottom from FF Faceoff. You can find him there. Uh, he does. I don't think he has a specific schedule, right, Steve? But you do post a decent amount and you get your blogs up. Uh, over on FF Faceoff, right? Yeah, I don't have a set schedule. I just uh, take on articles and uh, write them and just, you know, I try to get them out as, as quick as I can, pretty fast, you know, on a regular basis. Probably say at least once a week I'm getting an article out. So yeah. appreciate Sorry. you having me on. Yeah, look, Steve, we really do appreciate the support. And again, his articles, two or three minute reads, might as well pop over there, take a look. It's FF Faceoff. And Steve, do you want us to plug your Twitter? Uh, yeah, it's Caldon83. Caldon83 over on Twitter if you want to give Steve a follow. Caldon83, it's K-E-L-L-D-O-N-83. Just for clarification, definitely got to give him a follow here. I'm scrolling through right now. My man, is he's retreat, retweeting a bunch of good things. He's got his own stuff out here. I'm, this, is a, this is a good Twitter to follow, so definitely throw, yeah, throw the man you, a follow. You can find him at ffaceoff.com. Uh, I believe as well. So again, thanks so much, Steve, for coming on. And uh, we definitely going to have to have you on again sooner or later. Oh, I'd love that. Thanks. All right. Thanks everybody for listening uh, from the bullies over at the dynasty monarchy podcast, Max Zoller, Jace Burke, myself, PJ, Peter, whatever you want to call me and super producer, Nick C want to thank you for making it to the end. We went over today, some reports from around the realm, uh, got into a little funny discussion on buying low and then we went into our rookie mock draft with uh, our new favorite guest, Steve. Steve Ransbottom from FF Faceoff. Give him a follow over there. You can follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Give us a follow or subscribe on Apple Pod, Spotify Pod, Podbean, however you get your fantasy football podcasts. Tell your grandma about us. Tell her at dinner. Tell your grandpa about us. Tell your brother. Tell your cousin. Uh, only good things, though. Don't tell them the bad stuff. You can hold that right in your little heart and lock it away. So we'll see you next week. We have some exciting new content coming for you. Anything before we go, guys? Yeah, real quick. Um, we do have some exciting new content. We got together, planned some episodes in advance. But this is episode 40, which means in 12 weeks, it will be our anniversary. I know that's still a long way away. But we do. We already are planning something really, really fun for the listeners and for you guys. So Big giveaway inbound. Peter, don't give away hints. You know, give away hints, but uh, it's going to be good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. The Jalen Waddle jersey giveaway that's going to be on our Twitter at this moment in time. We'll be posting that. So we will see you all over there next week. All right. Peace out, everyone. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>